Welcome to Victory Church of His Presence Sermon of the Week. Enjoy this new message from Pastor Brian Gibbs. I want you to grab your Bibles tonight, if you would, and go to Psalm 91, and I'm going to need you, Cody, for just a couple more minutes. Unless you want to go back into praise and worship, we'll just grab the band and we'll just... Yeah, that's what I thought. The horses want to run tonight. <laughs> the horses want to run. Hallelujah. Yeah. Why don't you shout like that when I'm preaching tonight? How about that? You just, you just grab a hold of the word and shout with me. Come on, don't leave me up here all alone tonight. Amen. That's right. I'm not alone. Psalm 91. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So, Father, now, now as we turn to your everlasting word, Lord, heaven and earth shall pass away, but your word shall remain forever, forever. Lord God, we thank you for the anointing of the Holy Spirit that is upon your word. Your word is alive. Your word is active. Your word is sharper than any two-edged sword, Lord. Tonight, your sword will pierce and cut through the bone, the marrow, the soul, the spirit. It will judge and discern even the intents of the heart, Lord. Lord, you will cut and you will heal. You will cut and you will heal. You will lose forth revelation tonight. Spirit of revelation flow in this house. Spirit of wisdom, spirit of counsel, spirit of understanding, spirit of knowledge, spirit of might and the fear of the Lord. We honor your word, Lord. Lord, use me as your messenger. Let your word come out of my bones like fire. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you, Cody. Psalm 91, the Psalm of Moses, so powerful. I'm going to be reading this tonight out of the Passion Translation. Yes, you're welcome. <laughs> I thought I would take another fresh approach tonight and grab the Passion. Oh, how I love this. Are you ready, guys? Are you with me? Yeah, don't turn me down tonight, guys. I'm going to need some microphone. I, I flat out sang my voice out. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me and the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. Verse 3, he will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and from any deadly curse. Oh yeah, go ahead and shout amen. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night. Hallelujah! You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. 
whether by night or by day, demonic danger, it will not trouble you. Nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster, with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment. For they will be paid back for what they've done. Oh, yes. <laughs> I think you should raise a hallelujah tonight. Verse 9. When we live our lives within the shadow of God most high, our secret hiding place, you will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, ah, here's the good news. They'll, they'll be there for you. And they'll keep you from stumbling. You'll walk unharmed amongst the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken. Because you have loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name. I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray. And you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. Come on, praise our God. I want to speak to you tonight about the shadowing. If you're taking notes, I want you to write it down tonight, the shadowing. If you're not taking notes tonight, I want you to write it down too, the shadowing. I want to speak to you tonight about the shadowing of the Lord's presence, and I want you to go into Acts chapter 5 tonight. I want to bring you into a, a powerful, powerful account in the book of Acts tonight revealing the glory of God. This is such a fascinating story, fascinating passage tonight. What are we speaking of tonight? We're speaking of the shadowing, the shadowing. I'm in Acts 5, and I'm beginning in verse 1. Are you there? All right, three people are there, so we're going to wait for those pages to turn. Genesis, Exodus, ready? Acts, are you there? <laughs> All right, are you there? Yes. Here we go. But a certain man named Ananias with Sapphira's wife sold a possession, and they kept back a part of the proceeds, his wife also being aware of it, and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back part of the price of the land for yourself? While it remained, was it not your own? And after it was sold, was it not in your own control? Why have you conceived this thing 
in your heart that you have not lied to men, but to God. Now, th this is big, and I want to make sure that we look at this right, because they, they had the right to sell their own property for whatever price that they picked. Everybody understand that? For whatever they wished, whatever they chose to give, whatever they chose what was appropriate in their heart to give, that's what they should give. Now, that's biblical standard. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, put it in your notes. It's going to be right behind me. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 and 7. It says this, it says, But this I say, who, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, but he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Now watch these words. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart. Underline that tonight. Let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or out of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. So that makes it very clear. There's no manipulation on the giving. The apostle Peter was not leveraging weight against them or saying that they should have given more. It was up to their discretion to give as it was purposed in their heart. I'm going to say that again. It was up to their discretion as they purposed in their own heart to give. Yet something happened within their heart that they didn't want to tell the fullness of it. They made another plan. Now, this is strong language. Very strong language. Peter says, you've held back a part for yourself, and it was in your control the whole time. Now, these are strong words, verse 3. Why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit? That's strong. He says you're not lying to men. You're actually lying to God. And then Ananias, verse 5, hearing these words, he fell down, and he breathed his last. So great fear came upon all of those who heard these things. And the young men arose and wrapped him up, carried him out, and buried him. Nate, Shane, how would you like that to be your ministry here, here at the church? So, Nate, where are you serving here at Victory? Well, uh, I, I'm the guy who waits. And those who lie to the Holy Spirit, I take them out and I bury them. It's quite a ministry, right, Shane? Powerful stuff. That was a powerful prophetic word you gave tonight. Praise God. Come on. Praise God. And now it was about the third, uh, excuse me, now it was about three hours later. And then his wife came in and not knowing what had happened. And Peter answered her and said, tell me whether you sold the land for that much. And she said, yes, it was for so much. And Peter said to her, how is it that you have agreed together to test the Spirit of the Lord? Look, for the feet of those who buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out as well. Then immediately she fell down at his feet and breathed her last breath. And the young men came in and found her dead and carried her out and buried her with her husband. And so great fear came upon all the church and upon all those who heard these things. I suppose it did. Wow. we got a few more verses to tackle. Are you ready? This is a powerful story, isn't it? Through the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were done among the people. And they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. Yet none of them dared join them, but the people esteemed them highly. 
And believers were increasingly added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women, so that they brought their sick out into the streets and laid them on beds and couches that at least the shadow of Peter passing by them might fall on some of them. Also a multitude gathered from the surrounding cities to Jerusalem, bringing sick people and all those who were tormented by unclean spirits, and they were all healed. And they were all healed. Wow. No doubt. No doubt this is a special time in church history right here. No doubt. Not just some were healed. All were healed. This was an unstoppable move of the Holy Ghost upon his church. Peter would just walk through the streets and their hope was just that just his shadow would cross over them and they would be healed. This is this is so mighty. Verse 17. You got a, you got a few more verses left in you? Then the high priest, he rose up, and all that were with him, which were of the sect of the Sadducees, and they were filled with indignation. Yeah, they were. And they laid hands upon the apostles, and they brought them into the common prison. But at night, the angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and brought them out and said, uh, go stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of this life. ha, <laughs> ha. You know, angels really know how to frustrate the works of men. This is so awesome. I'm speaking to you tonight about the shadowing. I'm speaking to you tonight about the shadowing of the Holy Spirit. Now, Dr. Luke, Luke was the one who wrote the book of Acts. He was a physician. According to Scripture, we know that Luke was a physician. And it says here, it says the Holy Spirit was overshadowing, overshadowing. The Holy Spirit not only dwells in us. Remember what Jesus said. He said he will not only be with you, but he will be in you. I submit to you tonight that the Holy Spirit not only lives and dwells within you, for you and I are the temple of the Holy Spirit. This, literally, the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives and dwells and tabernacles within you and I. The Holy Spirit is within you. But also, I want you to, to become aware, more aware and more conscious of the Spirit of God that literally rests Upon you. The Holy Spirit is not just within you, He's enveloping you and He is resting upon. Say it tonight the Holy Spirit, rest on me. Come on, say it again the Holy Spirit, rest on me. Awareness is an important thing. Awareness is a very important thing. You ever watch people that have no self awareness? That's a dangerous thing, isn't it? It's important to have self-awareness. But there's something far, far exceedingly greater than self-awareness. It's the awareness and the consciousness of the abiding presence of God that is within you. 
Because the more that you understand and you are awakened, when you are freshly awakened to the Spirit of God that is within you, that you have been filled, that you have become literally the temple or the tabernacle, you have become the most holy place. Literally, you have become the ark of God's presence. You have become the ark of God's glory. You have become the testament of his glory in the earth. When we become more awakened to this, when there's such a consciousness within you that you are carrying the most holy place within you, it determines everything. This is what determines everything. The more that you're awakened to the consciousness of the Holy Ghost abiding within you, then what will happen is you will realize, you will start realizing the access that you can draw from the Holy Spirit in any given situation. I want you to write down this point tonight. This is a big point. The apostles were given power by Jesus himself to heal. The apostles were given power by Jesus himself to heal. And let me go a little bit further. And to drive out demons. Are you here tonight? Jesus himself gave them authority. Gave them power. He's given you and I that same authority. He's given you and I that same authority to move in the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit to heal every kind of disease and to deal with the devil. You don't pacify the devil. You don't pacify the devil. He's not playing games, ladies and gentlemen. You've been given authority over the wicked one and all of his tormenting minions. You don't have to put up with the devil in your life. You do have to exercise your authority and evict him out of your life. This is important. This is huge. Matthew chapter 10. Matthew 10 and verse 1. Jesus, he called the 12 disciples to himself. And look what it says. It says he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. Down, Just drop down to verse 7. Let your eyes just drop down to verse 7 and 8. Jesus said, as you go, preach, saying, the kingdom of heaven, it is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, now freely give. Freely you have received, now freely give. I've said it many times, but it's worth saying again. You learn how to give by receiving. You learn how to give by receiving. This, this does not happen when one of your favorite people who you love and esteem in the body of Christ lays hands on you in an altar. It doesn't just happen like that and you've received everything. It comes by spending quality time with Jesus. You will be able to give grace away when you have received grace. You will be able to give grace away and become a gracious person when you have received grace. You will be able to love with an unstoppable love when you have received love first. 
You will be able to give mercy to others when you yourself have received mercy. But then Jesus takes it to a whole nother level. Behold, I give you power. Behold, I give you power. And when you've received power, then you can freely give it away. You learn how to give by receiving it. And how do you receive it? By spending quality time with Jesus and by being filled with the Holy Ghost and fire. Come on. Come on. I want you to let every, every measure of faith on the inside of you grab a hold of this tonight. Let every measure and portion of your heart take hold of this and let your mind be renewed to this. You have been given power and authority as a son and a daughter in the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Raise a hallelujah. Paul was the one who said it. It's Romans 8, 11, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. He lives and dwells within you. I want to ask you, if that's true, what are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with it? Matthew, excuse me, Mark, it's right next door. <laughs> Mark chapter 16. I'm going to go on. Mark chapter 16, verses 17 and 18. He said, and these, these signs are going to follow you. Those who believe, let me say it to you like this. Signs do not follow those who are filled with unbelief and doubt. Signs do not follow those who are filled and vacillate with unbelief and doubt. Signs follow those who believe. Let me say it to you like this. Signs follow those who operate in faith. I know where I was, and I remember where we started back in the front of this train. Because when we start talking about the shadowing, when we talk about the shadowing being released, we're going to tap into a realm of faith where people began to pull on the presence of God and the anointing of God. And it was by their faith power was being released. Mark chapter 16, these signs shall follow those that believe in my name, they will cast out demons. They'll speak with new tongues. They'll take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it will by no means hurt them. And they will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. How many of you believe this is important for 2021? How many of you believe this is very important for where we're going to be going in 2022, in 2023, in 2024? That's right. That's right. There is going to be a church in the earth that Jesus Christ is building that the gates of hell are not going to prevail against. And they are going to be healing the sick, driving the devil out. Yeah, that's right. Driving the devil out. You're going to see it in every sphere of society. You're going to see a powerful church unleashed, put on display, dealing with the devil and exercising authority over him. Luke, the physician, he writes the book of Acts. He testifies 
These healings were real. All you got to do is just take this coming week and read the book of Acts. And ladies and gentlemen, if you don't get done, if you get done with that and you're not on fire, you need to be, be born again. <laughs> just, you need to be born again. Luke writes these words. This is in Acts chapter 19. He writes these words, and he said that God was performing extraordinary, unusual miracles by the hand of Paul so that handkerchiefs or aprons were even carried from his body to the sick, and the disease left them, and evil spirits went out of them. Whoa! Are you seeing this? Unusual, unusual, extraordinary miracles. Always remember this tonight. The power to heal comes from Jesus himself. Peter and Paul were simply being used as instruments. God uses every one of us as instruments, as agents of healing. God desires to raise you up to use you as an instrument, an instrument of healing. But remember this, Jesus Christ is forever the source. Don't ever get to the point where you think you're the source and the wellspring. You're not. Brother, you're not. Don't be duped because the devil will tell you you are. He's got a good word to preach to you too. He'll whisper and preach a little word in your ear. Ah, ha, ha, you're so anointed. Look at you. Look at you've got the stuff. You should strut a little bit. Put your chest out. Get excited about that. People are looking at you now. I'm telling you, the devil will talk to you. He's got a word to preach to you. You remember this. It's always the Lord who is the source of miracle power. Come on. Mark chapter 5, I want to look at a couple things tonight. Mark 5. You're popular tonight, Mark. You wrote a good book for us. I appreciate that. That's why Mark's an elder here at Victory. You all knew that, right? This is awesome. This is amazing that people wanted to press in and touch the hem of Jesus' garment. But I want to tell you tonight, the garment did not heal them. It was their faith. The garment did not heal them. It was their faith. As surely as the shadow did not heal them. It was their faith. Now I'm going to answer this tonight. In Mark 5, Jesus flat out said, he said, your faith has made you well. This is dealing with the woman with the issue of blood. Immediately it says the fountain of blood was dried up in her and she felt her body, she felt in her body that she was healed from the affliction. And verse 30 says, and Jesus immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out from him. Notice that. The power didn't flow out of the clothes. The power flew out of him. Turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? This is so powerful. I mean, yeah, I laugh about this all the time. I mean, can you imagine this? I, and, and the disciples say, Jesus, uh, come on, man. Come on, man. Jesus, everybody's touching you. What do you mean? Who touched you? Everybody's touching you. Judas was like, Lord, check your wallet. 
Thomas was like, I doubt somebody touched you, Jesus. I doubt, I, I don't know. Like, Peter's like, Lord, you've been in the sun too long. What is going on? What do you mean? What do you mean who touched you? How many of you are watching The Chosen? How many of you are loving it? Oh, us too. Loving The Chosen. And today when I was reeling through these stories, I was kind of putting the faces together and kind of, kind of just laughing at maybe the potential of scenarios. It's just fun. But I want you to see what happened in Mark chapter 6, verse 56. This is so awesome. What happened was is that word spread about this woman with the issue of blood touching Jesus' garment, and faith came to them. Hear this tonight. One person decided in their heart, a woman who had a flow of blood, that she had done all that she could do. She went to all the doctors. She had spent all the money that she had. She had done everything that she could do. But then she heard of Jesus, and she said in herself, if I can just but touch the hem of his garment, I know I will be healed. And that's exactly what happened. Jesus turned to her and said, woman, your faith has made you whole. That's what stopped her bleeding. Now watch this. Word spreads in Mark chapter 6. This is incredible. How many of you know faith comes by hearing? That's Romans chapter 10, verse 17. Say it tonight. Faith comes by hearing. Say it again. Faith comes by hearing. Now watch this. Mark chapter 6, verse 56. Wherever he entered into villages, cities, or the country, they laid the sick in the marketplace and begged him that they might just touch the hem of his garment. And as, and as many as touched him were made well. Whoa! Did you see that? It went from one person to all of a sudden being exponentially multiplied. Where one person broke through and said, I'm making the decision. I will break through and touch Jesus. Look what it did now. It says to break open multitudes. Faith came to them. Faith came by hearing. There was a woman. There was a woman with a flow of blood, and all she did, she broke through the crowd. She grabbed a hold of Jesus' tallit, reached through the crowd, grabbed a hold of his tallit, grabbed a hold of his garment, and in a moment, she was healed, and faith came alive in them. They said, okay, okay, this is how it's happening. What, was there something so magical about the cloak? No. No, not at all. It was because their faith was beginning to work. We gotta be careful about our formulas. Are you here? You know, the Bible tells us that when Moses died, God literally hid his body. God hid the Moses of the, the body. The Moses of body. He, there you go. Hooked on phonics did me well. Shave it, ba ba ba. God hid. Let me get my Bible straight. God hid the body of Moses. God hid the body of Moses. Now, what's so important? Why is that important? Because I believe that if God wouldn't have hid Moses, 
They would have propped his body up and worshipped him. They were so full of idolatry. They were so full of idolatry from Egypt. They would have worshipped him. They would have made an idol. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It wasn't the cloak. It wasn't that at all. It was their faith began to work. They were gaining understanding. If I could just get within proximity of Jesus, I know that I'm going to be healed. Isn't this awesome stuff? Now, in this case with the Apostle Peter, we're back in Acts 5. You can look at it. In this case with Peter, the sick people knew that Peter had been with Jesus. And now miracles are beginning to flow through the apostles. Some theologians, they argue this concerning Peter's shadow, saying that his shadow really wasn't the source of healing. This is what I want to say to you tonight, and I want you to write it down. I say the Holy Spirit overshadowing Peter was the source of power. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? I say the Holy Spirit overshadowing Peter was the source of power. Several years ago, my wife and I, we were at the beach. It was a day off. It was a beautiful day. We went to Lido Key. Our kids were at the sitter, the sitter that day. We had a wonderful day, totally refreshed. Two months prior, I had, I had bought my wife a new car. She was so thrilled to have, driving that new car. And so we leave the beach, and we're in our swim, swim trunks, swimsuits, and we're soaked. And we just jumped in the car, and we're driving home, and we're at the corner of Fruitville Road and Lemon. It's not very far from here at all. And so we're talking there, and as we're talking, we're sitting at a red light. And I, I looked up and just glanced in the rear view, rear view mirror. Help, help me talk tonight, Holy Spirit. <laughs> rear view mirror. And I saw this woman coming full steam ahead, right behind us, and I knew she was not going to stop. And I threw my arm over my wife, and I just yelled at her. I said, hang on. And that woman's car plowed right into the back of Bryn's new car. I looked over. I said, are you okay? She goes, yes, yes, I'm fine. I said, I want you to call the police. We get out of the car. I am I am on fire, really. I'm furious. I am so aggravated. And I'm looking back at this lady, and she is just moaning and weeping. And I go around the back of Bryn's car. I assess her car. Then I look at the woman's car. Her car was totaled. Ours was heavily damaged. I, thank God the, the um, airbags did not go off. Praise God. And so... Her car is totaled, so I went around. Bren's now on the side of Fruitville Road, standing at the corner of Lemon there. And I open the car, and the woman is sitting there, and I see that her left, her left arm, her bone, and her lower arm right here is clearly broken, poking up in the skin. It was, it was awful. And she is moaning and weeping. So I help her out of the car, get her out, I walk her off to the side, off the side of Fruitville, and I walk her over, and my wife said, I just got off the phone with the cops, they're on their way, and I said, thank you, and so this woman, she's weeping, she's in horrible pain, 
And so I'm just, I'm holding her. And now, now I'm beginning to transition <laughs> by the grace of God. By the grace of God, I really began to transition because I went from very, being very angry, being very frustrated, being very aggravated. Is anybody feeling sorry for me? Yes, thank you very much. I was so frustrated. Now I'm starting to transition. I'm transitioning. I'm like, okay. Now the compassions of the Lord start brewing up. And so I'm holding her, and I'm just praying quietly. I, she doesn't know I'm praying. I'm holding her as if she's just walked up into our altars. She's just burrowed down into my chest. I'm holding her arm, and I'm just speaking to the bone. Lord, just, I just speak to this to be set right in place. I just command this pain to go. I speak to the bone, be mended, be restored. The officer shows up in a hurry. He comes. He stops traffic. Cars are going all around us doing the thing. And so he walks up to me and Bren, and immediately I look at his, his name badge, and his name badge says, Officer Heaven. You can't even make this stuff up. That's just it. <laughs> Officer Heaven. He walks up. He still works for our city to this day. I said, he does. I said, I said, Officer Heaven. I said, well, we can sure use some heaven around this place right now. He got a good laugh. I'm like, man, I love your name. I love your name. So we had a few laughs. And so I just, I'm just holding the woman. And she's really not crying anymore, but she's just laying on me. And in our talk, he's, he's talking to my wife, he's talking to me, I'm looking at the lady, and I glance down at her arm, and I look, and her bone is now moved down, and I know it's set. And I go, oh, Jesus. <laughs> and I just said to her, I said, well, looky there. I said, looks like your arm's going to be okay after all. And she looked down, and she was just in shock. And she looked at me, and she looked at her arm, she looked at me, she looked at her arm. Her mouth just fell wide open. I said, yeah, I think you're going to be okay. I think your arm is perfect. And then she said, I know who you are. And that kind of freaked me out, <laughs> to be honest. I was like, oh, no, where is this going? <laughs> I know who you are. She goes, you're Pastor Brian. And I said, well, yeah. I'm like, how do you know me? She said, you're Pastor Brian. I'm like, yeah. She goes, you're Pastor Brian. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't look like Pastor Brian. My hair was sopping wet. I had shades pulling it back. I'm standing swimming trunks. I'm not looking so, you know, holy, you know, in my, in my mighty church duds, you know. <laughs> I was swimming trunks. She said, you're Pastor Brian. I said, yeah. She said, she said, in 1999, I was going through the worst time of my life. I was going through a horrendous divorce. I was bound to substance abuse. I was at my lowest place in life. And amazingly, she said, the Lord led me to a revival in Springfield, Illinois. And I came in those doors, and you were the one preaching. She said, you gave an altar call that night back in 1999, and I gave my life to Jesus Christ that night.
she said, I was set free that night. And she went through her list. She said, that night I was set free by the power of the Holy Spirit. And she went through what happened. And there we were, standing on Fruitville Road, her giving a testimony of being saved in a revival in 1999. And Officer Heaven was just standing there watching all the transaction going on. It's quite a moment. <laughs> it's quite a moment. My wife is serving our kids in church, kids' church tonight. I'd like to throw her to Mike and have her share some of the things that happened that day. It was wild. I want to bring you the story tonight because it's so important that when we have an awareness and a consciousness of the Holy Spirit within us, then what happens is once we have that awareness of the Holy Ghost within us, then we start recognizing anything can happen, and it probably should. And we can begin to speak to bones to align. We can speak to blood to be transformed. We can speak to marriages to be transformed. Come on, are you hearing this tonight? His power is limitless. But we know that our mind is being renewed by the Holy Spirit, that when we see brokenness, we say, okay, this will be mended. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Are you hearing what I'm saying? I'm here to testify of the goodness of God, the glory of God. Jesus did that. Brian's not the source. I'm not the source. Jesus is the source. But guess what? Guess what? He tapped into my faith and signs follow them who what? Who believe. Oh. You might want to write it down tonight. Always look for God to move in any given situation. And be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Be sensitive to the Holy Spirit with compassion. Remembering this, compassion is the key that gives us access to miracles. I want to say it again. Compassion is the key that gives us access to miracles. You got Bible for that? Yes, I do, Brian. I'm glad, I'm glad you've asked. Galatians 5.6. You know what Galatians 5.6 says? It says, faith works by love. Say it with me. Faith works by love. Say it with me. Faith works by love. One more time. Faith works by love. That's it. That's it. We're going back to Peter's shadow. We're in Acts 5 still. And I want to give you some things tonight in closing this message. The church definitely needs the prophetic edge in this hour. Can you say amen? But I want to tell you what else the church really needs in this hour. The church needs the pastoral touch. And I wrote a few things down today I want to give to you in closing this. Some preachers, they, they fail. And then there's some preachers that they fall. But there's many preachers that actually succeed, succeed regularly and quietly. 
without the notice of the media. They have no fanfare. There's no media change, chasing them. They are faithful, faithful stewards of the gospel of the kingdom. No media, no fanfare. Are you hearing what I'm saying? No acclaim. No acclaim in the Christian culture. They're just being faithful day in and day out. Like Pastor Kenton and Nancy Slayball sitting right back there. Like P Pastor Gene Mathis sitting right back there. There's great men and women of God that lead local churches, local congregations all over America and really all over the world. In the early church, Peter's shadow had no media event. Did you hear that? Peter's shadow had no media event. The only thing that, that came before his shadow being released was this, the rising of the sun on the streets of Jerusalem. Did you hear that? It was just another day in Jerusalem. It was just another day in the holy city where there was an abundance of sick, sick people that were laid out on their mats, out on their couches, hoping that a shadow would fall over them. There were countless demonized people, demonized souls that were laid out there in hope that they would be set free from their torment and from their anguish. Write it down tonight. If I walk in the light of the sun, I will cast a shadow. If I walk in the light of the sun, I will cast a shadow. See, the church has to rediscover Peter's shadow in this hour. And what is that? It's the influence of a man of God. It's an influence of a woman of God. And this influence on a woman of God or a man of God comes by people recognizing and witnessing the Spirit of God rest on them. You want to cast a shadow? You host the presence of the Lord. You walk in the fullness of the light and the fullness of the Son of God. And if you do, if you preserve your integrity, if you preserve your, char your character, if you watch over your life with all godliness, if you walk worthy of the Lord, if you walk holy, if you walk circumspectively, as Paul says in Ephesians, what will happen is, is you'll walk in the fullness of the light of God. And when you walk in the light of God, you know what's going to happen? You're going to cast a shadow. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Come on, are you hearing what I'm saying tonight? We're not the one that makes this happen. What happens is the Spirit of God shines on us. He shines upon our lives. And what happens is our shadow begins to hit the lost. Our shadow will hit the hurting. Our shadow will hit the broken. Our shadow will hit a city. Our shadow will hit and target a region in our place of intercession and prayer before the throne of God as the ecclesia. We're casting the shadow as the light and the illumination of God hits us. Peter and others, they walked in the light of God. 
and they cast a healing shadow. Are you hearing this? Stay with me tonight. Stay with me. We need to cast a soothing, healing shadow of grace on this generation right now as the church. Peter's shadow is an amplified picture of the overflowing life. I'm going to say that again. Peter's shadow is an amplified picture of the overflowing life. Ministry to others is the overflow of ministering unto the Lord. We all know this to be true. Ministry unto others is the overflow of our ministry unto the Lord. We're not to seek influence. That, that got about five amens. We're, we're not to seek influence. We're, we're not to lust for platforms. We're not to lust for notoriety. God is not calling you and I to become famous. My wife and I live by this creed. God is not calling us to be famous. God is calling us to be faithful. God does not want a generation that is so caught up in themselves become so narcissistic that they can't do anything without a camera on them. I have people write me all the time, why don't you put your prayer services online? I'm like, are you out of your mind? If we showed people what we did in our prayer meetings, they'd think we're berserk. <laughs> Are you with me tonight? Are you hearing what I'm saying? We live amongst a, a narcissistic generation. They got to be before the camera for everything. Listen, God's not looking for us to start you know, desiring and lusting for influence and platform. No, 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 no. He's not calling you to be famous. Get over that. Get over yourself. That's for everybody in this room. Brian, get over yourself. Does that make sense? This is for every one of us tonight. Come on. We don't try to just carefully position ourselves so that we'll, we'll cast a shadow on someone, or, or, or we predetermine where we want our shadow to go. I'm going to tell you, it doesn't work like that. I want to ask you a question tonight. I want you to think about it. How little weight does a shadow possess? How little weight does a shadow possess? Now I'm going to ask you another question to be fair and balanced. <laughs> How much weight and gravity does a shadow really possess? Listen to this. The true shadow that Peter was moving over the people was the shadow of the cross and the shadow of the resurrected Christ. The shadow that was being cast upon the streets of Jerusalem with multitudes of people sick, tormented of the devil, 
Jesus said, I've given you authority and I've given you power. And if Peter were here tonight and I threw him, him the mic, he would say, it is very important that you develop your awareness and your consciousness of the abiding presence of God within you. Because at any moment, you can release his glory. Peter would tell you, this is the secret. This is the mystery of the ages. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. He would tell you this. He would tell you this. I want to give you a few thoughts. I look back in just a couple decades of ministry. And I can report to you, I can report to you, honestly, many, many, many miracles. I can also report to you quiet little healings that no one ever knew about. I could report to you miracles that the Lord told my wife and I, you're never allowed to share that. I could talk to you about unheralded, unheralded wonders that nobody knows about. See, you have to develop a secret life with God. You need a secret life. And when you hear that so often, unfortunately, because of the generation that we live in of tabloids, when we think about a secret life, we think about people's secret sins. What I'm talking about is you need a secret life with the Lord. Did you hear that? I stand here tonight. My mom and dad are watching this tonight. I don't know how many people are online. Our audience is growing and growing. We get reports all the time. Different nations are now watching the torch, even the podcast. I mean, it's going everywhere. So thankful. So thankful. But my mom and dad are watching tonight. When I think about my life, I have been touched by the shadow of my dad. I have been impacted by the shadow of my mother's life. I have been impacted by the shadow of my pastor when I was a young boy growing up in the church. When that pastor cast a shadow over me, a, a man of God, a man who walked in God with God, a man of prayer. When someone who is a man or a woman of God casts a shadow over your life, I'm telling you, the impact is immeasurable. When I think about the mentors and the spiritual fathers and the spiritual mothers that have cast a shadow over my life, I am the recipient of their grace, how God has used them. You think about the weight of a shadow, of an individual life, an individual life, how they cast a shadow and what they've done to impact you. Now I want to take it to a whole nother level. I want to talk to you about the shadow corporately that a church can cast on a city and region. We're not looking to be famous. We're not trying to build a stage of influence. We're not trying to make sure everybody knows our name. That's not what this is about. This is about for the glory of his name. This is about for the Holy Spirit overshadowing victory. about the Holy Spirit overshadowing victory. 
And then as we come before the Lord as an ecclesia and we pray and we intercede, I'm, I'm going to say it to you again, my brothers, my sisters, what we say here matters. How we pray matters. What we decree matters. What we sing in this house matters. The altar that we are building as a family, it matters. Why? It's going to cast a shadow. It's going to cast a shadow on a region in the city. And people are going to be touched. And the time's coming. The time is coming. And it is drawing nigh. It's going to happen all over America. We're going to be just one city that is totally set ablaze with the fire of God. It's going to happen all over. You're going to hear revival started here. It, it revival and awakening ignited here. It ignited there. It ignited there. It, it ignited up in Jacksonville. And now, it, now it's down to West Palm Beach. And now it's down in Naples. It's here in Sarasota. You're going to start hearing about it. What's happening? It's going to cast a shadow. And we're going to see multitudes walk into the influence of that shadow. And it's going to be the shadow of the cross and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God. And people are going to be set free and delivered and healed. And multitudes will come. The harvest is ripe. The harvest is ripe. The harvest. The harvest is ripe. And Jesus said, I want you to pray with me. I want you to pray with me that the laborers will be thrusted out and sent out. And what will happen? You'll just be walking in the light of the sun. You'll be in communion and sweet fellowship with the Lord, and all of a sudden you'll have the words of life to prophesy. It'll be Sandra's hands that are laid upon them, and they were healed in the grocery store. It'll be Bob and Miriam's story testifying. They were just at the beach and they laid hands on that individual. They spoke the words of life. Jesus said, my words, they are spirit and they are life. My words, they are spirit and they are life. Can I just say it again? God's words coming out of your mouth is just as powerful as them coming out of God's mouth. Just quoted Reinhard Bonnke there. So for, for you Twitters out there, oh, I gotta, I gotta tweet that for Brian. Those of you that were in prayer the other night, all the Twitters, I know them, all the Twitters. <laughs> I wanna close with this tonight. When we pursue God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, that's what Jesus said. Love the Lord your God. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Then he's going to set you on a path. And you're going to begin to pass by others. And others are going to be healed in the shadow. God's going to set you on a path. And they're going to be healed because you walked in. Because the Spirit of the Lord God is upon you because He has anointed you. And the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives and dwells within you. And I ask you tonight, what are you going to do with it? This is our time. This is our time.
I think we're coming into something cataclysmic as a, as a country. I, I, I think the powers of hell are going to be so embarrassed. I think, I think this absolute coup that has been struck on our nation is going to be overthrown. I think the prayers of the saints in the golden bowls are going to be tipped. I think the church is going to begin to operate in such power it will eclipse the book of Acts. You were born for this hour, every one of you. Brian, I'm getting up in age. No, you're not. You're getting younger. Those that wait upon the Lord, they shall renew their strength. Thou shalt mount up with wings as eagles. You will run and not grow weary. You shall walk and not faint. You're getting younger. You're getting stronger. You're getting wiser. This is your hour. This is your hour. You were born for awakening. You were born for revival. This is our inheritance. This is our time. This is our watch. It's time to cast a shadow. It's time to cast a shadow. Praise God. Cody, would you come? Let's stand. Hallelujah. prayer team just to begin to prepare yourself. You all know what that means. <laughs> that means breath mints engage. <laughs> Spirit of wisdom. <laughs> just prepare yourself. Just begin to pray in the spirit with me. We want to open the altars in just a few minutes. Let's go on. Just want to open the altars in just a few minutes. Who knows what all the Lord desires to release right here and for right now. Amen. I want to remind you something. Everything doesn't happen in an altar. If you just look this way in these closing moments, I want to tell you the meeting never ends. His fire never sleeps. His fire never sleeps. The meeting never ends. The lights are going to go out. The air conditioning is going to be turned down. The campus is going to go dark. But the meeting never ends. Why? Because he's burning within you. When you cultivate your awareness of the consciousness of the presence of God within you. God's going to use you in ways you've never dreamed. I mean... Leah, look how God is using you right now. I was talking with Bryn just the other day, just again about the Indian reservation, everything. I look at your life. I look, and it's hard actually to step out objectively and really look at ourselves, isn't it? Because we're so subjective to everything. Our lives are busy. We're in a whirlwind. We're taking care of people. You're taking care of people. You're doing all kinds of stuff. But I look at how God is using your life, and it's only going to be amplified it's only going to be amplified and magnified by the Spirit of God. 
what's going to happen to individuals that are running in this tribe? There's going to be so much spoil coming back. You know what it is? It's the lion's share. It's the lion's share of spoil. We're going to be coming back with testimonies everywhere to say, let me tell you what God did. One day I'm going to stand up and say, let me tell you what God did. God gave us a campus. God's going to use you. He's going to use you. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives and dwells in you. I want you to put your hands out just to receive. Before we have the prayer team come and we open the altars to begin to minister to everybody who wants prayer tonight. Tonight, I just declare more. I declare the more of the Lord upon us. Lord, there is so much more that you want to activate in our lives. So much more. So much more, God, of your kingdom that you desire to put on display through our lives. Lord, let us not put any barriers or limitations. Lord, we renounce limitations. We renounce excuses, Lord. We, we, we will stop telling you excuses about our limited personality and what we think we are and what we think we're not. Lord, we're just going to yield ourselves over to you and say, Lord, use me as I am because your spirit is within. Oh, God. So I speak an awakening and a quickening within you. This will be a week of miracles. This will be a, a week of awakening within, within you. I'm carrying the spirit of God. God's going to bring me to, to speak solutions and release power. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Would you lift your hands tonight and just receive from the Holy Spirit. Receive from the Holy Spirit. I bless you tonight. I bless you in Jesus' name. I bless you in Jesus' name to cast a shadow of the glory of God to cast a shadow of the risen Savior, the risen Christ, the Son of God, the Son of Man, the Son of David, the Son of Abraham. I bless you in Jesus' name. You are more than you know. You have become the ark of His presence, the ark of His glory. You are carrying His beloved. He's within you. I bless you and I strengthen you. And I speak over us all that we will not be overcome by evil. We, we will not move into a realm of unnatural grief over our nation. We're not going to try to carry the burden of our nation on ourselves. Lord, you're the keeper of this nation. You're the keeper. Lord, you're the keeper. You're the defender of America. You're the Lord of the breaker. You're the Lord of angel armies. Sharpen us tonight, Lord. Sharpen us tonight. Sharpen us in the spirit. We will not be overcome with evil. We will not be overcome being vexed in our heart and grieved in our heart with all this filth we see in our country. God, we believe 
you're going to work a miracle that only you will receive all the glory. You're going to do it, Lord. You are not done with America. You're surely not done with your church. You're not done with this generation. So, Lord, we say, use us. Here am I. Here am I, God. Use us. Send us. God, we will go where you say to go. We will be what you call us to be. We will do what you say to do. We will lift up our voice like a trumpet and say what you say to say. <laughs> say what you say to say. There's those hooked on phonics again. I don't know what just happened. <laughs> we are your vessels, Lord. Just lay your hand on somebody to your right and your left, just all across the auditorium. Those of you watching tonight, let's just pray this. God, make us vessels of honor. Make us vessels of honor and glory. Make us carriers and vessels of honor and glory. And may the power of the Holy Spirit be released through these lives to my right, to my left. Every one of these, God, smear them with fresh anointing. Smear them with oil. Smear them with anointing, oh God. The Spirit of the Lord is upon you. The Spirit of the Lord is upon you. He's anointed you. He's anointed you. Carriers of miracles. Carriers of signs and wonders. Carriers of the Spirit of God. I bless you tonight. I bless you. Yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'd like our prayer team to come at this time. I'd like you to just come to the stage. Let's prepare ourselves. Tonight, you have a need in your life. Whatever that need may be, we're here to minister to you, pray for you. We want to come into agreement tonight for whatever you have need of. If that's you and you need prayer tonight, I want you to come. You know who you are. Just come now, and we want to begin to, to minister to you. Listen, guys, we bless you. We love you. Thank you for being at Victory tonight. Have a miracle week. And those of you watching online, have a miracle week and, a, and an incredible Memorial Day. Amen. Celebrating our heroes for this great nation. God bless you all. You need prayer tonight. It's time to come. Come on. Thank you for listening to Victory Church of His Presence Sermon of the Week. For more information, go to our website at victoryfla.com or download the Victory FLA app.